Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and this week I am once again opening the door to Black Belt Theater. Now, here on Black Belt Theater, uh, I've discussed some of my favorite martial arts stars, uh, of course Jackie Chan uh, being pretty much primarily one of one of my all-time favorites. I discussed some others, uh, Sam O'Hung, uh, Michelle Yao, Jet Li. There's one guy, though, and I'm really kind of kicking myself that I ha- it's taken me this long to actually talk about him. So I'm going to be talking about this mystery martial artist and one of my favorite films from him of all time, uh, Chuck Norris. You can't have Black Belt Theater, you can't talk martial arts films without talking about Chuck Norris. Uh, and the film that I chose today is the 1983 classic, and these are all classics, but the 1983 classic, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Now, growing up, I had seen a lot of Chuck Norris films, uh, The Octagon, Good Guys Wear Black, uh, Silent Vengeance, uh, great, great films, but Lone Wolf McQuaid is probably the one I really remember the most, you know, because it was really the one that I, I think I really became a big Chuck Norris fan. I mean, I knew about him before that. Uh, I remember that he was in uh, Return of the Dragon, uh, where he fought Bruce Lee in the Coliseum. Um, and like I said, you know, some of those, some of his films from like the seventies into the very early eighties, I had seen. And you know, yeah, the, yeah, they were good. I enjoyed them. I also think too, at the time when I saw them, I was kind of young. Going back now and watching some of them, I, I definitely appreciate them a lot more. But Lone Wolf McQuaid, nineteen eighty-three. Now I didn't see it in the theaters. I probably saw it on cable. You know, a year or two after it came out, uh, it really, really made a huge impact on me. I thought he, you know, Chuck Norris was cool. Uh, you know, his character of James McQuaid, Jim McQuaid, the lone wolf himself. I just, I just thought the whole thing was cool. Um, it was a pretty good cast too, because, you know, aside from Chuck Norris, you know, his main rival in this is played by David Carradine. David Carradine, of course, you know, famous, uh, you know, for starring in the TV show Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu the Legend Continues later on, uh, you know, as Kane, um, just kind of like that wandering Shaolin monk. Uh, you know, as a kid, I remember watching, um, I remember watching Kung Fu on TV, um, watching it in reruns. Uh, they made a, a couple of made for TV films, and, you know, seeing him here. It, it was just great because, I mean, not only was it cool to see him and see him kind of doing his, his kung fu in it, and I'm going to discuss that in a minute here, he plays a pretty good villain. Uh, you know, I'm sure younger people will probably know him as Bill in the Kill Bill series, and, you know, if you saw Kill Bill Volume 2, uh, and you pretty much saw his interactions with the bride, uh, both kind of in flashbacks when she was in training, and then when she finally does confront him... He plays a pretty smooth, suave, but definitely evil guy. And, and he does it really, really well. And in this film, uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, I mean, David Carradine is really at his best. I mean, he is, you know, he's, he's got the quippy one-liners, sarcasm. Um, but, you know, he really has a mean streak and he really has an evil side to him. And it really, really comes out in this film. Uh, Barbara Carrera stars in this film. Uh, Barbara Carrera was, um, 
she was a Hispanic actress. Uh, she's kind of famous for... She was on Dallas. I never really watched Dallas, so I couldn't tell you who she was there, but I read that she was on Dallas. Uh, she was in the James Bond film, Never Say Never Again. Uh, that was sort of like the one where Sean Connery returned uh, after so many years. It actually was... I don't know if it's really considered canon, you know, in, in the Bond universe, because it was kind of made outside of, uh, you know, it was like the Albert Broccoli was like the big producer on that. And, uh, you know, it was made outside of that, but she's probably best known for that. And, you know, here she's sort of like uh, David Carradine's love interest, but she's really the love interest of of J.J. McQuaid. Um also starring in this film is a young actor by the name of uh, Robert Beltran. And name might not sound familiar, but if you are a fan of Star Trek Voyager, he played uh, Chicote on Star Trek Voyager. Uh, he is a young Texas State Trooper who gets assigned to be partners with the Lone Wolf himself. Uh, interesting things about this is um, this is actually this film is actually very loosely based on a Texas Ranger by the name of Manuel Gonzalez, who was known as the Lone Wolf. Uh, very famous for just not having a partner, not wanting a partner, and just doing things on his own. So, what's the story here with Lone Wolf McQuaid? So, basically, you know, J.J. McQuaid is, uh, you know, he's a Texas Ranger, and pretty much like the title says, he is a lone wolf. He does things on his own. He does things his own way. Uh, the film kind of opens with him busting up some, like, cattle rustlers uh, over the border in Mexico. Interesting thing is, you know, and this is true, Texas Rangers uh, actually do have jurisdiction. They do have the ability to go into Mexico to pursue fugitives and whatnot. So, you know, that that wasn't kind of like some cinema mumbo jumbo there. You know, Texas Rangers can actually do that if somebody flees from justice or if they commit a crime and, you know, kind of between borders between that Texas Mexico border, the Texas Rangers have absolutely every right to go in there and and the federales who are the the Mexican police uh, don't interfere with them because they they do have jurisdiction. I don't think I, I well, actually, you know what? I really don't know. I don't know how far across the border they can go, but Texas Rangers can cross the border. And that's pretty much what it is, is, you know, he, he busts up uh, these ranchers. Uh, he gets involved in a couple other things. And, you know, they, they learn about uh, a big drug dealer played by David Carradine. Uh, and, you know, they have a witness, uh, somebody who's going to testify against him. Uh, witness gets killed. You know, they saddle him with a partner. They saddle uh, Chuck Norris with a partner, and that's, of course, uh, Robert Beltran. Uh, really what this film is kind of known for is this is really his first action film. Yes, he had done martial arts films before that, but that's primarily what he was doing. Uh, he, he never carried a gun. Uh, as far as I know, in his other films, you know, films that came before this, he, he never really played like a cop or a soldier or anything like that. Um, you know, this is the first film where he sort of like mixed martial arts with other types of action. And that's the thing that's really, really interesting is, is you know, the writer, the director, they really kind of wanted Chuck Norris to kind of break the mold on himself. Interesting thing again about this, you know, Chuck Norris, is famous for many, many things. One of the things he's definitely famous for is his beard. Uh, you know, and, and people probably assume, like, he's just had that beard forever. Uh, you know, on again, off again, maybe, but, you know, Lone Wolf McQuaid was the first time on camera 
that he sported that beard. Prior to that, he was either completely hairless or he would sport like a pretty thick mustache. This, you know, Lone Wolf McQuaid was the first time that he wore the beard. And he pretty much kept it on ever since then. Uh, Like I said, he carries a gun in this. You know, he is a Texas Ranger. He has pretty much what looks like a Magnum, Magnum 45. Um, He drinks beer. The thing with Chuck Norris is, Chuck Norris is, you know, he's a pretty wholesome guy. Uh, I believe, you know, he's Christian. Uh, I I don't think he's born again. Uh, he might be fundamentalist. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But you know, he he has Christian values, and he always wants his characters kind of to be role models. You know, he, he himself he wants to be a role model for kids, and they really had to do a lot of convincing to get him. I think this is a film he wanted to do, but he was, you know, carrying a gun, drinking beer, you know, the, the whole kind of, you know, when you, when you see the look of Lone Wolf McQuaid, it's not like any other character he had played prior. You know, this is like, again, he's a loner, uh, you know, kind of dirty, um, you know, with the beard looks like, you know, he kind of goes a couple of days between showers. um, and, you know, that's not really the Chuck Norris people were used to seeing. But really, after that, this is kind of the Chuck Norris that we're going to get. And, you know, again, when this film, uh, when it was coming out, uh, the, the ratings board gave it an R rating. Now, they gave it an R rating for the violence, for the martial arts and, and the violence. Because there's really, I mean, there's if there's cursing in it, it's very, very minimal. And you're not really going to hear it from Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is not one to curse. But... Uh, Chuck Norris really begged them, you know, he pitched his case and, you know, he really wanted this film to be PG. There was back then there was no PG 13, you know, he wanted this film to be PG because he wanted kids to see it. You know, again, he, he, he really still to this day wants to be a very positive role model for kids. And that was really, really important to him. So he, he really found a way in, in JJ McQuaid to really kind of be sort of like this badass Texas Ranger, you know, beer drinking, gun toting, but still kind of be a positive role model. Uh, you know, one thing Chuck Norris will say, you know, about most of his roles is he kind of harkens back to the days in Hollywood of, um, of like a John Wayne, uh, where, you know, John Wayne, legendary tough guy, you know, you, you watch any of his films, you know, he's, he's, he's not starring with kids and telling jokes and whatnot. He, he, he's a legendary tough guy. And Chuck Norris, you know, tries to kind of pattern himself after, after like a John Wayne type, sort of saying that, you know, he doesn't go looking for trouble. He doesn't go looking for violence, but if you push him too far, you know, if he can't solve a problem any other way and it has to come down to violence, he's ready to do it. You know, he can handle himself. He's a very capable martial artist. If you push him too far, you're really going to regret it. You know, it's, it's like his character doesn't strike first, but if you pick a fight with him, he'll be the last guy standing. And he said, you know, that was kind of John Wayne's persona. You know, John Wayne, the cowboy, would head into a bar and they'd start trouble with him and he'd, he'd back off until they just pushed him too far and he'd be the only guy walking out of that bar at the end of that scene. And, and, and that's sort of what Chuck Norris wanted to represent is, you know, kind of trying to show kids that, look, there's other ways to handle problems, but if it ever comes down to it, you do need to be able to defend yourself. You know, it's karate is for defense only. It's, it's, you know, in his films, you don't see him really going on the attack, so to speak. Um, 
Yeah, so like I said, you know, he he fought to get it rated PG. This was really kind of his first action role because really after this, he gets away from those classic martial arts films that he did really primarily in the 70s. You know, like I said, The Octagon, Good Guys Wear Black, um, you know, and really gets into more of these action films because afterwards, you know, you get the Missing, the missing in Action series. Uh, he does Delta Force for a while, uh, Invasion USA, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, while he does do martial arts in his films, he really comes off more as an action star so this was kind of his sort of like last martial arts first action film if you really want to think about it another thing that's really interesting about this is uh the writer and director of this film was a big fan of uh sergio leone now if you're not familiar sergio leone, sergio leone was an italian director very very famous for directing uh writing and directing what they call the spaghetti westerns um you know the dollar trilogy uh a fistful of dollars another fistful of dollars uh the good the bad the ugly um you know sort of like you know, what they call those spaghetti westerns like the the westerns where Clint Eastwood kind of got his start in way back when uh you know because this really kind of comes off as one uh you know J.J. McQuaid like again you know he's the loner you know he's the only one that could bring people to justice um in the film his his daughter witnesses uh um it's like a drug transaction and a weapons sale, uh, kind of orchestrated by David Carradine. Uh, some people are murdered and they do apprehend her, um, you know, and they try to bury her alive essentially, but, um, you know, she's found, she survives and he kind of goes like on this, this, this quest for vengeance, uh, you know, again, crossing over into the border, taking matters into his own hands. You know, they, they shouldn't have pushed him too far, but they did. And what they got was Lone, Lone Wolf McQuaid and friends essentially, you know, conducting a, a one-person war against uh, David Carradine and his entire operation. Another great thing we get is at the end, you know, uh, throughout the movie, David Carradine kind of displays his martial arts prowess. And the thing is, is, you know, a lot of people, uh, really because he starred in Kung Fu. A lot of people assume that he's in a very that he's a very accomplished martial artist. Truth be told is when he filmed the TV series Kung Fu, he had no martial arts knowledge whatsoever. However, he he's a trained dancer. Uh he according to him, he grew up on the streets, he knew how to handle himself, he had done some boxing. So the fact that he was, you know, athletically gifted kind of helped him through that. Uh, there were um, fight coordinators and, you know, kung fu experts on hand. However, it kind of stirred an interest in him, and he actually started to pursue it after filming uh, the TV series Kung Fu. Uh, so much so that it's like what they had said about him is, you know, he, he's not a master, but he's a very, very capable practitioner. And, you know, he, he displays that in this film. Uh, early in the film, he gives a demonstration. Um, he then sees uh, Chuck Norris kind of handling a, a, a racist guy that's bothering his partner. And he's sort of like, oh, hey, you can handle yourself. Let's... Uh, have a little fight here and of course chuck norris being chuck norris is like there's absolutely no reason for us to fight so no but at the end of course because david carradine tried to kill his daughter there will be a showdown and you get a pretty good battle here um you know there is some gunplay that that does happen in it but they pretty much square off like it's literally like high noon you know in the town square there um 
Another interesting thing about this, reading up on it, uh, neither David Carradine or Chuck Norris used... They, neither one of them used stunt people in the fight scene. It's the two of them for the entire fight scene. Chuck Norris said, because he said, look, David knew what he was doing. The two of us worked really, really well together. And he goes, you know, I'm going for a look here. I'm going for a feel here. If you kind of cut it and interject stunt people in there, it really ruins the flow. Uh, we both wanted to do it. Uh, you know, David was very excited to do it, he said. And, you know, in the end, it really comes off as a pretty good martial arts fight. Uh, of course, Lone Wolf McQuaid wins the day. Uh, you know, they, they get rid of David Carradine. We will not be seeing him again. Uh, and, you know, it kind of ends on a little bit of a comedic note where it's sort of like, you know, okay, you, you kind of took matters into your own hands. Let's not do that again. And uh, he kind of makes a promise to his daughter and to his ex-wife that he's going to be there more for them and, uh, you know, try to put police work, uh, kind of put put it to the side, family first, until they get a call that there's a hostage situation. And, you know, he just kind of looks at his wife and he ex-wife and he looks at his daughter and he's like, sorry guys i'll see you later and his ex-wife goes like jj you'll never change and chuck norris i hope you never change uh you know i'm sure a lot of people are wondering you know was lone wolf mcquade the inspiration for walker texas ranger absolutely heck yes if it wasn't for you know legal rights or reasons of you know who owned the the actual name of uh jj mcquade or the character of jj mcquade you know, Walker, Texas Ranger could have been, you know, McQuaid, Texas Ranger for all we know. Um, but you know, he said, yeah, like he, he really enjoyed playing that character and it was really the inspiration for him to, to become Walker, Texas Ranger, which, you know, again, you watch the series, it's kind of like, you know, Walker was kind of like a, a, a bit cleaner version of, of JJ McQuaid. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was great. And, you know, again, it was Chuck Norris really was able to get his message out there of, you know, violence is the last resort. You know, there's other ways to solve issues, but if you have to get down and dirty, get down and dirty and do it right. But, you know, just do what you have to do. And yeah, you know what, in today's day and age, I think that's a pretty good message, you know, for really any generation guys thanks for listening uh head on over to instagram stuff you don't need to know is there uh you know i always put up pictures of the stuff i talk about i'll throw up a poll there every once in a while uh last episode i did uh my daughter diana came on and we discussed season three of riverdale better late than never but uh, riverdale is a favorite of ours and hopefully it's a favorite of yours too so if you're interested in that look for that episode uh head on over to www.brothersandarmchairs.com that's the website that'll link you up to every single podcast in the brothers and armchairs network this is jay and i'll talk to you guys later